inform you that he would like questions. Yeah. I was going to tell you, in Santiago de Chile, there are no questions. In Johannesburg, it's not nice to ask questions. Not nice. But last night, I was adding Flatbush to the list of places where people don't ask questions. <laughs> and the Ruff tells me, and, and my, my Balabas told me, that uh, no, it's just it's late at night, it's Friday night, and, and, and that's why. I'm open to questions. I want you to understand that there are a lot of things I don't know. And the reason I'm not afraid of questions is because I'm not afraid to say I don't know. So, but I'm not requesting questions. I'm saying it's legal. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> now, I'm going to approach this subject the way I intended to approach it. Um, I was asked to speak about Kedusha Savais. That's the subject I was given. I want to translate the word Kaddish first, because when I like to speak about a subject, I like to tell you what the word means, at least what it means to me. Okay? And then, we can talk about how and why. But from the perspective I'm coming from, I'm not coming from a halacha perspective. I told the Mora Dasu today, the Roshiva Zechari Levrocha gave me speech in 1974, and he said, Mazel Tov Noach, go chazer. So I said, so, Fifteen years ago, I said to him, if I don't chazer, I don't pass him. She said, that's right. So, I am not a mother I once had a paskin, a shayu on an El Al airplane, when there was a very famous kayan came over to me and said they had closed, they, all the doors were closed, you couldn't use any phone, you couldn't call Rabbi Bass, yeah? Um, and they just put a mess on board. Does he have to get off the plane? So I called over the flight attendant. I asked him a bunch of questions. This flight attendant knew Mesichta Ahalais inside out. He gave me all the right answers. You know, was it was it yeah, all, all the players? Was it a Tefach? Was there you know was it uh, Tuba Yeah, was this different compartment? He knew everything. With, uh, now I don't know. Is that a Milo or a Chisar? Understand? Because he say he's not a Shavitayra. And he knows the answers. Is that a riot? That, I had, then I had an answer. So I'm not coming from a halakha place. The word Kaddish means separate. Tyson Kedushin, a famous Tyson Kedushin that says Kaddish means set apart. When you Makadish and Isha, so the Pshad is, I am setting her apart, she's special to me. That's what the word means. We're not married yet. We have to have Nisuin. In, in, in a wedding ceremony, they have a Kriya Saksuba. The Kriya Saksuba, I, I, I was once at a wedding where there was a rabbi who went off a bit, but was close to the family. So the Masada Kedusha, Rabbi Zelig Weinberg, Talmud Muvuk of the Briskarov, says, what kind of keyboard can we give this man? Pashtas Pasolaitis. But then Kriya Saksuba. Because Kriya Saksuba does absolutely nothing to get them married. It's just an interruption between the Kedushin, the giving of the ring, and the Brichas and Nisuin. Used to be they waited a year. So we don't wait a year anymore. So they gave him something to do, which was 
meaningless. I'm from Israel. It makes me feel at home. Kaddish <laughs> 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 set apart. We're a nation apart. But I'm going to approach that from a different place. <coughs> I was a Ben Bais. I need to translate these words. Maybe for, the, for him. Yeah? <laughs> I was likely to be, to live in the home different times with Rabbi Chaim Friedlander, Zechariah of the Rocha. Rabbi Chaim Friedlander was the, uh, wrote this forum that you know, Sif Sechayim. He was a Talmud Mutlaka Rav Desla. I was going to tell you a side story. This man was a paradigm, a paragon of good, of good meters. He, at the end of his life, he had a, a very, he had, he had a disease, a very bad disease. He came into a shop, and he told her shop, the doctor say I have three days to live. What should I do with the three days? You know what your shop told me? <coughs> Work on your meters! Whoa. Work on your meters? I would say do as many mitzvahs as you can, learn as much terry as you can, get to work on your meters. And he was about meters. I cannot describe to you who he was. <coughs> he said, work on your meters. You know why? Because that's who you are. Your meters are how you are, who you are. <coughs> so he told me he has a Kabbalah from Rav Desla. I don't know if it was ever mentioned in public. That, that language of the home should be a language that's different than the street. I'm going to, I'm going to qualify that. The, and his lotion was in Yiddish that the child should know that the home is not the street. I walk into my home, it's a different planet. There's different rules, it's a different world, it's, and we will define what a home is. But it's not a chinuch shir. That was last night, yeah? But home does intertwine with Chinuch, but I'm not going to be setting my sights on that specifically. <coughs> you talk a language different than the street. Now, the qualification of that is that parents should talk their mother tongue to their child. People make a mistake, they want their child to know another language. So, you speak another language, talk to them in that language. If it's your mother tongue, please. But if not, you are your mother tongue. Yo hablo un poquito español. Esta lengua muy fácil y muy bonita. Echredo Yiddish, es mi zeta francesa me trajo Yiddish. Me encanta ver Yiddish. Ani gasha me habéis en mis abuelos jamás han hecho ni betarar. Ani encanta ver Yiddish. People tell me that my shiurim in Yiddish sound different. The information is the same. And I do take care of a school in Tel Aviv, a girls' high school. And I speak Yivrit there, but it's not me. Me is English. It's, it, it's different. It's, it's the language of your heart. So a parent <coughs> should speak the language of their heart, because there's one mother and one father in the whole world. Una madre, uno padre, todo el mundo. Okay? So you understand that? Yeah? One mother and one father in the whole world. As the back of Zechariah Levacha said, a house is not a... Uh, uh, an a, a school is not an ulpan, actually, he said. Well, now I'm only into trouble here. Yeah? 
So speak your mother tongue. But if you have two mother tongues, yeah, and that could be, so speak a language that's different than the street. The child walk, a language is very important. You come in to a house, it's a different place. <coughs> it's a different place. Just like the reverse is true. I tell teachers, if a child is coming from an abusive home, or a home that's uh, not run well, the school is a different planet. The child can, be, can taste what it means to have a, a secure, happy, encouraging home in school. School is a different planet, home is a different planet. But for our subject, Kedusha means different. So we're going to talk about tonight is one of the things that go on in a home to create shalom dice, to create an atmosphere of a home where it's good to be. And just like we spoke last night, that the only way that I know of that we're going to keep our children safe from all the stuff that's going on out there is I have to have a good product. My child has to want to be home. My child has to feel safe secure, respected, recognized, because there's nowhere else in the world where he's going to get that. You have a good product that we said last night, that you love to find an advertisement that says, my product is just as good as anybody else's. So it's, what am I, what, what's my specialty? That we spoke last night. Tonight we're going to speak about how do you create sholem in a home. And even though it's not the traditional topic of shadivim, I understand. Not from a halachic point of view, and not from a hashkafic point of view. But I've chosen to talk about what to me is the single most important element in the life of a home is Shalom Bayes. Now, I want to define Shalom, what the word means. Because just like we defined Kaddash, let's define the word Shalom. The morale says, the shin is the letter that symbolizes peace. It has three parts to it. There's two arms, and then there's a middle part that joins the other two together. He's, he calls that, in the Siv HaShalom, he calls that Etzem HaShalom. That's the essence of peace. Because these two things would be flying off in different directions if the middle piece wasn't holding them together. So Shalom is defined as the ability to hold together things that would fly away from each other. And Absodek Zechayim Levacha says the word Beis, the letter Beis, spells out Beis, Yud, Tav, like Aleph spells out Aleph, Lamit, Pei, well Beis spells out Beis, Yud, Tav, that means Beis. The configuration of the letter Beis, he says, is parallel lines joined by a third line. Now, it's been a long time since I studied ge uh, geometry, but if I remember correctly, parallel lines are lines that will never intersect even if you extend them to Pluto. Now, it doesn't matter if Pluto is a planet or not a planet. Yeah, if it intersects right past Pluto, they're not, then they're not parallel. Okay? So, that base, there's a, let, there's a line connecting those parallel lines in the base. That's a home. The lines are parallel. They never meet. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Nashim umma b'fnei asmahen. 
It's a different place. It's a different nation. They're not going to meet. Sholem is the ability to hold together things that otherwise wouldn't meet. That's what the word means. Rav talks about this. Without getting into too many Lucarius, of course, I am timing myself. Because there's a, a big cloud in business. You sell stock while it's high. So hopefully it won't feel too boring. But we'll leave time for questions. If there's no questions, I'm going to go home and go to sleep because I have a flight tomorrow. Yeah? Because it's Hashem. So I want to talk about the things that are necessary to create a home that's separate, that's different. Yeah? And that's Kedusha, the Kedusha of a home being different, a home with a Shalom. There is nothing that affects a child more than a lack of Shalom bias. This, the book, the, I, I put out a book, Pezus Hashem, a bunch of years ago called Raising Roses Among the Thorns. There's one secular footnote here. I faxed it to Rabbi Matusio, and Rabbi Matusio said, I said, look, it's the only secular source. I, is it okay? I don't want people to think I'm a psychologist, because I'm not. Now, I have nothing against psychologists. My wife is one. Yeah? And even though she says I'm a psychologist in the family. Is this okay? I'm willing to lose 5% of my readership for it, but 10% not. Not for money reasons. Anybody who thinks they're going to make money by, by uh, writing a book, so, no. Okay? And he said it's okay. It's like this. They sat children in front of a screen. The screen showed adults who the child did not know, Disagreeing with each other, non-verbally, like, yeah, non-verbally, yeah. And they hooked them up to electrodes, and these kids were affected by it. So I made three kavachimers. One is, what if it's in person? Secondly, what if it's verbal? And thirdly, what if it's your parents? So there's three kavachimers, right? <laughs> That's what he's saying. It's Vachim Ben Binoishel Kavachaymer. So, we're going to talk tonight of what are the building blocks of a home that feels secure. I, uh, I was once a truly captive audience. I was like that. I was in a dentist chair. <laughs> and I had a, a, a thing to keep my mouth open. And he said, I have a great shot to tell you. I was a much kid about 30 years ago. So he's been telling me his vart, and I did nothing I could do about it. Yeah. He says, you're on an airplane. And the airplane over the PA system, they say, there's going to be turbulence in about a half hour, but it's normal for this route at this time of the year. So, the turbulence comes. The people who understood English, so the truth is, if you're ever on an airplane, oh gosh, you know, it, it said, the Gmar said, there's a mission in, in, in Kedushin, the end of Kedushin, Saponim Ruban Hasidim, because these, these sailor boys, they have like a, some wood between them and the deep blue sea. 
So they're religious people. Yeah? Well, anyone sitting in an airplane, that's shaking. So, you know, you, some, you, know, you say you do sometimes. Yeah? But people who understood English, so, okay, we know it's normal for this. What about people who don't understand English? They're terrified. That's a kid. Now, his part was going on Jewish history. I'm just applying it to children. When a child is in turbulence and he doesn't know what it is, he becomes terrified. Okay? So that's, that's my way I want to approach this subject tonight. Okay? Rav Matisio says, Bayis Ne'amon be Yisrael. Ne'amon means it can be trusted, it can be relied on. Now, I'm, not talking, I'm pretty much finished with children tonight. It says, Rav Matisio says, he has a book on Trina with hearts full of love. It's worth reading. He says over there, in the Shtat Noyim, it says, And they will not hide from each other anything. There it's talking about like, it's property. Yeah? The Yisoy of the bias is a bias Ne'amon. Ne'amon means it can be trusted. It's trustworthy. It's firm. It's stable. The of hands was stable, yeah? Now, I go to airports, it's usually like that. I was once in Las Vegas airport, I was not in, going to the casinos, I was going to Eshatara, yeah? And um, I had my hands like this, and he said, palms up, yeah? So I asked him, Akasha, basically, in English, if you have a magic wand, so what's the difference if my palms are up or my palms are down? So he basically said to me, just follow orders, which I did. <laughs> yeah? But, stable hands. Stable, emuna, comes from mother, by the way. I said it last night. Aleph Mem is the first one I trusted. A mother is the one who teaches a child to such a thing as trust in the world. A bias Naaman is a place of trust. A emuna. Avraham Avinu had to go to war, had to fight these, these uh, four kings. They were very powerful people. They had just defeated five kings. These two world superpowers, these, you know, they, they knew it, they, they were big people, they were strong. And he went to chase them with Eliezer. I mean, Pekoch Nefesh. Ask any rubs, Bikuach Nefesh. It says, as Bikuach Nefesh, he didn't have to go. Halochalit, Moshe, uh, Avram Avinu didn't have to go to save Lot. But he had promised Lot. He had promised Lot he would take care of him. It's, he's willing to risk his life in order to keep his promise. Is that clear? He was going to risk his life to keep his promise. If you go left, I'll go right, but I won't be far from you. I'll take care of you. In order to keep that promise, he's going to put his life in danger. In danger. He's probably going to get killed. <coughs> the kings of Sodom couldn't beat them. But Musas is Lavove Nemalafanacha. It's a bias Nemalafanacha. So I told him, I'm not going to talk about kids tonight. So I'm talking about Nemalafanacha uh, between a couple. And how does it change? <coughs> and that's Kedusha's a bias. A bias that's where there's a Nemalafanacha. With his love, 
with his communication, that's a Makhun Kaddish. It's a different place. Of course, you have to be careful what things you bring into your, in, into your house. If you bring magazines into your house that have unclean pictures, or you allow people to see things in any way whatsoever where the picture, which is not similar, you're hurting your children deeply. I told a very wonderful boy tonight, you have to be careful what you look at. Because it's the same eyes that look at the Gemara are looking at this. You don't have a, you don't have a spare pair of eyes. I think it was the guy who said that really should have another mouth for different chulim. Huh? We only have one pair of eyes. A home should be a place where a child and a husband and a wife are safe from having to see things they shouldn't see. It's a different world. The music should be happy, melting music. Not boom, boom, boom music. And it can't be, I was in the car and they said, Hashem, who will I camp? Hoya, hoya, vaviyya. That's hoya, vaviyya. To a rocky tone. It's evil. And you don't know me. I don't use that word evil. Or it's like singing Kaylee, Kaylee, Loma Zaftani to a rocky tune. You be careful what music comes into your house. Music is very important. The Kedusha Sabais has to do with the kind of music. Studies have shown that kids are first affected by music. I thought oh, I wouldn't talk about kids. <laughs> they did a study. Somebody had extra money on his hands. They paid for a study that they had... A mothers talk to their stomachs and they're reading Dr. Spock's um, cat, in the, cat in the Hat. What? Dr. Seuss. Not Dr. We don't talk about Dr. Spock here. <laughs> yeah. our, our kids are 43 and a half, our oldest one, so they had Dr. Spock then. So I read the book. I read the book. There were no other books. And I said to my wife, it's very reliable. Whatever he says, do the opposite. <laughs> There is one thing you can rely on Dr. Spock on, and that's how to shake down the thermometer. <laughs> that is okay. That's my missionary volume. And I meant Dr. Stu's cat in the hand. Cat, yeah. And they read it to their stomachs. After the child was born, they hooked the kid up to a device, a sucking device, where, depending on how hard the child sucked, he would hear a different presentation. Guess what these infants picked? Cat in the hat in their mother's voice. They remembered it from inside. When you play music in your house, that you want to know why the kids are so wild. Well, you're shaking, rocking, and rolling. Oh boy, I might forgot about my camera. Yeah. Well, the kids, the kids, you know, they call it ADD today. Yeah. The kids shaking, rocking, and rolling because that's the music he's listening to. I asked Shilas from great men, Mozart, Beethoven, Rossini, Tchaikovsky. These people are not Sadiqim. Yeah? But it's a lot better than shaking, rocking, and rolling to, you know, hoi, hoi, vivi, yeah. Okay? A home is a Kodishtika place. It's a happy place. You play music. Happy music. Just not, don't play 24-6. Because then kids get addicted to music. I'm going to my kids again. Yeah, people get addicted to music. So we don't want to 
But music is very important. It's a home, a judicious advice. What kind of music do you listen to? Rav Shomim Miller, I was in Toronto. He was in a ta- he was in the car with the singer, and this guy said, "Can I put on the rock and roll station?" So he said, "Why?" He said, "I'm trying to get ideas for new songs." Mamish, we Mamish. Okay. A home is a place of trust. We're going to talk about trust between between couples. Parents and children, we spoke a little bit about trust. You never use the word promise. Just take it out of your dictionary. That we mentioned last night. But couples have to trust each other. They have to communicate to each other. The goyim in Mishlei Dalit Pasuk Aleph says the word Mishmoya to hear has three meanings. Now the truth is these same three meanings appear in English also. One is the physical act of hearing. Sound waves bouncing off of your eardrums. The other is, so I hear you means I hear, I hear, the, I hear your sound waves. The second is, I understand you. You say in English, I hear you, means I understand you. And the third he says, is a notion of acceptance. <coughs> I accept what you're saying. I hear you in English also means I accept what you're saying. There are three types of listening. Now, yes, it's true for children also, but I'm talking about couples tonight. There are three types of listening. One is quiet. Pick, find a quiet place where you're not doing anything else but listening. Also, it's true for children also. There's a Jew who's well-known in, in, in this country. He's not well-known in Eretz Yisrael. Avi Horowitz. Yankee Horowitz, I mean. So he has this thing that he makes sure he disconnects his phone, uh, detaches his phone, when uh, someone comes in to talk to him. Turn your cell phone off. Make sure that the environment is quiet. A woman's I don't know if people here know, know his name. Some, maybe the people with white hair know who Rav Nachman Bowman was. It was a very great Jew. He told me once that a, a couple came to him from Adelaide Rice and she brought the kids along. So he told me she was sabotaging the, the, uh, the meeting. You come without kids. Quiet. Nothing else is doing. Now maybe you're not used to that. But it's important. I personally, I'll share something personal with you is that when I go to a place that's not flat with bushes, but it has mountains and oceans, yeah? In the Andes, the Rocky Mountains, Snoqualmie, which people probably don't, that's uh, Washington State, Pacific Coast Road. I go to a place where a mountain or a sea, and I stay here for a few hours and do nothing. And just calm. When you're next to an ocean, of course, I'm going to uh, Los Angeles in uh, February, so the, the beaches are empty, especially late at night and early in the morning. Someone came over to me and said, you look like the picture of peace. Are you praying? I said, no. Can I take a picture of you? 
So I said, not for commercial purposes. Yeah? And there's somebody standing on the road there watching, protecting me from anyone coming to me. So, anyway, I said, okay. She comes back in 15 minutes, comes with this, like, really fancy camera, takes a picture, and I said, yeah, but what do you do? He said, I'm a reporter. <laughs> I sit there for hours, and I can go back there now, and it's relaxing. Now, I'm able to, get, I'm able to leave also, because I have to stay there, we call that insanity. Yeah? I can go up to quiet places, in the Andes, and the Rocky Mountains, I have places, if for hours you sit and you memorize the situation, you touch the sand, you feel the breeze on your face, you listen to the seagulls, and just blend with it. You can go back to any time. It's very important to have quiet time yourselves. That's not our subject tonight. You cannot stay healthy if you don't have quiet time. And I have many, many, this is not psychology. I have many rights from Tyler Fitness, but it's not my subject tonight. But it has to be quiet when someone is talking to you. It's a non-verbal message of COVID. To whoever's talking to you, it's quiet. I taught Chayv in Yerushalayim for 12 years. So that, this goes back 40 years. This child particularly is about 38 years, 37 years ago. He told me his grandfather, the first time he saw a car, yeah, we're talking about 100 years ago, he said as follows, Amalachamovis Misegrei Segen. An angel of death with two big eyes. Now, my paradigm of a car is the source of a child without the nachas. You get insurance for them, and they get sick, and they get into trouble. It's a car. Yeah? But there's one good thing about having a car. You can go somewhere with your spouse or your child and shut everything off. Disconnect. That's the first Lishmaya. You have to have quiet time together to listen, to hear, to feel. The second Lishmai is to understand. To really understand where someone is. We mentioned last night the mice of a five-year-old who said he's not going to school anymore. And they asked him why. And he said, my father had a heart attack when I was in school. I want to make sure he doesn't have any more heart attacks. I'm staying home to watch him. I understand you. You love your father. You care for your father. You want to protect your father. I understand you. And then, you can talk about a different age besides him not going to school. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the first is to understand someone. The set, third is to accept where they are. I, try, I, I accept that's what you feel. A mother once calls me up and says to me, my five-year-old said to me, I feel like cutting you up and putting you in the oven. So she asked him, what should I say to him? She said, Thank you for telling me. I, I'm sorry you feel that way, but thank you for telling me. Not for self-defense reasons. Yeah? But you can handle this kid. Yeah? But if that's how you feel, so tell me. That's where you are. Now, you give him a hug. You say, why do you feel that way? What's the problem? Yeah? Now, he doesn't want... Because if, if he cuts her up then into little pieces, then there's no more hugs. You understand? That's the end of hugs. Yeah? So, but I accept that's where you are. So first, to take the time to listen in a quiet place. Secondly, to understand. Third, to accept. Once you have accepted the person where they are, 
and there's no war about that, that you're wrong, maybe they're open to another thing. Maybe, maybe it's better for Abba that you go to Chayda and learn Tyre rather than stay home with him. Then you're open for something. Once you have heard, if you have the guy, you look at Mishle Dal Pasikalov. Mishmaya, take the time to find a quiet place. A quiet place to hear where someone is, to hear where your spouse is, to understand where he or she is, to accept where he or she is. Then we can talk about is it maybe there's something else? Maybe there's another way to look at it. So the lines of communication need to be kept open. Shalom Bayes, we said, is defined as the ability to hold together people who are <coughs> Someone spoke to me about uh, changing your spouse. They wanted me to talk about changing your spouse. So I said, I'm not going to do it. You can't do such a thing. And you shan't. A home is a place of show. I respect where you are. I care about where you are. I understand where you are. And that puts a person at ease. Of course, there are exceptions. Things like that. I had a case where a husband was taking his child to church every Sunday morning. That's a red line. Uh, especially since she was a Gyaris and knew exactly what he was doing with that. And he wanted to send his children to the Anglican school in Yushalayim on the Hanavim. Yeah. Now, the Anglican school, by the way, is a very good school. I know it someone who teaches there, I taught there. They had a very good, very good education there. Yeah. That's a red line. And they, they're, they're, very, they're very, very divorced. Okay? Sure, I'm not saying everything. Yeah? There are things that are that too far apart. But for the most part, Shalom is you are you and I am me. And the twain shall always meet. Okay? Let's go find that. Now, Chaim Friedland, as Chaim Leroka said, in, in this week's parsha, you know my, my definition of a rabbi is someone who could connect anything to parsha. It's a Shavuot. So that's the way it is. That's, you know, it's a kind of deal. So he said, Moshe Rabbeinu almost got killed for delaying his son's birth. Why? Because he was supposed to take Klaistel out of Mitzrayim. Klaistel was supposed to leave Bichy Pazan. They were supposed to leave quickly. They were supposed to do things right away. And you are delaying your son's birth? I guess you are not ready to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. Forget it. He says, that's why I had to go back and ask Yisrael for permission to leave. What if Yisrael says no? You have to have a course to type. Ha-paseach, pasach, l'chaveroi, nafshay chayavoi. He owed a debt of gratitude to Yisrael. You're not a grateful person, then you can't take the Jews out of the time. That's part of the job. Because I'm going to bring you to Harsina. And the Ramban says, He's going to test you. Are you going to be makitaita? Are you going to be makitaita? To Hashiv Zechayim Levrocha, this was something he put into us. If you're not makitaita, 
אתה לא בן אדם. You're not a person. הקורש לטייב. For a wife and a husband, two feet shall. There's a big cloud that a person has to habituate themselves to look at a context. A big picture. When you look at a big picture, then every detail takes up less space. That's Lani's deity why there's a near Shabbos for Shalom Baris. So, one reason is, I mean, they shouldn't trip over things. But there's another reason. When something is bothering you and it's dark, so all you have is that. But when it's light, he sees part of the bigger picture. When things are part of the bigger picture, it's less heavy. I'll give you an example, a very simple example. Uh, most of you people are American, are American citizens, right? I don't want to ruin your evening. There's a very, very big drawback to being an American citizen. A horrible drawback. You can't go to North Korea. You know that? Right? Yeah, so anybody who's smiling now realizes, okay, I'll handle it. You're not going to be able to give homage to Kim Il-sung, you understand? I'll handle that. Okay? I'll handle it. You look at a context, it's a different world. Look at life in context. Look at your spouse in context. There's so much good. There's so much to be grateful for. Now, there are three basic reasons why there's lack of shalom in a home. And again, <coughs> the Divrei Yoshua and the Rambam. I'm not getting things from any secular sources. You can, I'm, again, I'm not attacking anyone. I, I have good professionals, do a lot of good things. I'm not attacking anyone. It just, that's not, it is a machlekist psychologist in Yushalayim, whether I'd be better off or worse off if I studied psychology. So I passed in Sheval Taisa There are three reasons why people do things. One is genetics, what the Divya Yeshua calls mibeten umileider. That's, that's, that's how you build. A, a kosher lichas, a kosher liratzas. Someone, it's hard to get him angry, but it's also hard to appease him. He has a more phlegmatic nature, a more laid-back nature. He doesn't just doesn't get excited. You could be a phlegmatic Russia or a phlegmatic tzaddik. There's a very, very famous tzaddik in Shalayim. Zechat Tzadik Levrocha. I once went in with his, one of his relatives who was terrible marriage. So he said, are you still married to him? You couldn't get this man upset. Or it could be Fugmanic Russian. What about a kosher, a kalichas, the kalliratsas? So they, these are uh, uh, volatile people. It could be a volatile Russia or a volatile Tzadik. So, but we don't fool around with genetics. That's the way it is. You can shape it, you can channel it, but you can't change it. The second reason for difficulties is baggage. People come in with different attitudes, with different feelings. Everyone grew up in a different home. I remember a marriage 
There was a mice. We could be here a long time. I'm not going to. Soon we'll have some time for questions. They got married, and uh, he got up to help out in the home. Okay, must be a good husband. Every time he did that, she criticized him. And it was like upsetting. But they did an amazing thing, an unusual thing. They spoke about it. Whoa, they spoke about it. They communicated. And they found out that he came from a home where the father helped a lot, and she came from a home where her mother was a superhuman, super, superwoman. So whenever he did anything for her, she felt like, oh, poor, because I'm not doing my job. So I have to, you know. And they just spoke about it, and it was cleared up. Finished. And many stories like this. But I want to tell you something very important. A maritikazach. People who have difficult backgrounds can react to them in one of three ways. They can either say, it never happened. I'm going to suppress it. I'll deny it ever happened. Not a good idea. Because it's like pressing that on a spring. Eventually it pops up against you. You can say, I was abused, I was, I was, uh, was place, neglected, so I could be neglectful also. It's not my fault. I grew up in the South Bronx kind of thing. That's also wrong. Or you could say, I grew up a certain way. I'm going to be a much better husband. A much better father because of that. And that's what the Torah tells us to do. It was no T.O. in Mitzrayim. It was no, it was no uh, picnic in Mitzrayim. We were mistreated. We were treated terribly. Because of that, we're going to treat a gear better. You hear? So the Torah gives us a recipe how to take a difficult background and turn it around. Is it easy? That's it for now. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. So therefore, I told someone tonight, there's a, the Bochum in Torah R, I bring, I, I teach them that, the following. Don't do something because it's easy, and don't not do something because it's hard. If something's worth doing, do it. Some of the Bachman last night reminded me, you could, I tell guys, you can walk across Russia one step at a time. Now, I'm not telling you to walk across Russia or Albania, yeah? But one step at a time. I know someone who teaches mountain climbing in Denver. Yeah, Denver's a good place to teach mountain climbing. He told me an amazing part. He says, those people who are looking only at the top of the mountain never make it. All that matters at the top of the mountain, that's all that matters? Every step matters. Take 10, 15 steps and look at the vista. It's a different vista. You learn the daf gemara? Chazaret! What's the daf? You could walk across Shas one line at a time. But if the line is chashev, you'll chazaret. So, baggage. If I have difficulties, first of all, you can go for help. But that can make you the best possible spouse because you had difficulties. Not despite, because. <coughs> I was once uh, consulted about a shidduch, a student, a few students. They, they happened to have been uh, women, girls, and they had juvenile diabetes, type 1 diabetes. So I said, look, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you anything about her health issues. I can tell you one thing now. She's a, she has, she's good medicine. 
Anybody who grew up with type 1 diabetes has good vegas. They had to learn not to eat things that everyone else was eating. They had to learn to control themselves. And I have never seen an exception to that rule. I know a boy, he's not a boy, he's like, um, how old is he now? He's 15. He has severe peanut allergy. I mean, this boy going to a coma. Yeah. I found out the hard way when I came to that house and there was a big deal in Israel, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, skippy peanut butter. Yeah, you know, it's heavy. But if there's people who like skippy peanut butter, I'm bringing three suitcases tomorrow because I'm traveling business. One half of the suitcase is mine. Okay? Okay? And uh, there's no skippy peanut butter. I told them, no, no peanut butter. It's too heavy. So I showed them I had this thing, this cup of peanut butter. They said, huh? Their son had a pin. He was a little kid then. This child, first, the father who's a doctor, monitored everything he had. And then he taught him what's a shayla. Just like, you know, there are different doctors in halacha. There's people who can be passing new shaylas. And then there's people who know, who know all the chuvas. And there's people who know mishavura. And there's people who know this is a shayla. So he taught his son. Call me up. And he showed him what's the Shaila. And then gradually the child got more and more decision making. He's now in Yeshiva in, in the high, Shiva high school, a very good one. This boy is a master of self control, a master of Hasmada. He had to learn it. People have difficult upbringings. Dribanishom <coughs> doesn't do anything bad to anyone. These people become the best. The very best. And the third reason why there's Shalom problems is environment. Sometimes it's health issues, sometimes it's money issues, sometimes it's in-laws. It can be a whole lot of different things. Separate the two of us from our environment. If I had to put it in a nutshell, problems are technical and not emotional. They're technical. Once something becomes emotional, money is technical. You have enough money, fine. You don't have enough money, so what can't we afford? It's technical. It's not a sign of manliness if you make money. It's not a sign of superior intelligence if you have money, or the opposite if you don't. A bias of Kedusha? is a place where Gashmias is technical. The difference between technical, between Gashmias and Ruchlis is as follows. A Gashmias that I feel pleasure from, the longer I have it, the less it appeals to me. And I need something else. I need something new. I need something different. It doesn't make me happy anymore, especially if someone else has it or they have more. A ruchli sticker hanah is a tremendous hanah. I want more, but it doesn't mean this doesn't make me happy. I, you know, I learn Baba Mitzir. I'm a rich man if I learn Baba Mitzir. But you know something? I'd like to learn Baba Basu also. But it doesn't take away from my silka from Baba Mitzir. A ruchli sticker hanah is permanent. In your homes, what matters? What makes a difference? What makes you happy and what makes you sad? 
I'm not going into children. This is Dvarim Pshutim. I have to do with children. The American Pediatrics Association, a, pe- a pediatrician got up at a talk, an initiatory talk, somewhere, and says, up until the age of two, do not show any visual entertainment, visual stuff to a kid. Because the quick moving screen, it messes their, their neurons up, their brain up. It also teaches them not to focus. Uh, after three, if you keep, show them too much visual entertainment, so their chances of becoming ADD skyrockets. Because ADD really means that you can't focus that long. Um, it's, it's too deep a subject. It, it doesn't mean you can't focus. It means you focus on everything. You get distracted on a screen. The screen keeps changing. If you want to focus on that flower pot in the corner, the screen keeps changing. You can't look at details. And it teaches this child, don't look at details. Just get the big picture and that's enough. And then he goes to a place called school. And that's a base. And that's a... Chaf. That's a B, and that's a D. Well, it's the same thing. Oh, that squiggle makes a difference. It's so hard. Reading is so hard. Don't do it. But we're not talking about kids tonight. Yeah? Visual entertainment in the home is a problem with Shalom Weiss. Because it... You, when, when you are watching something together, you're watching something together separately. It, it's a divide. It, 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 people think that they're doing something together, but they're not. They're doing something separate. They're looking at something else. I have a paradigm for love. If it's important to you, it's important to me. I want to understand you. For I know him. Rashi says, So I was asked to talk about Kedusha Sabayas tonight. And I'm going to sum up. I'm not passing any halachas for you because I can't. I'm not. I'm not musmach to do so. Okay? I'm not going to give you musr about. What happens to you and to your home when you let things into your home that are not sonua? It's destructive. It it drives Kedusha away. The Manchester Rosh Hashiva, Zechariah Levrocher, Abudalayn Sedal, there was someone in the hospital who was dying, and the people were sitting around his bed, and they were spending their time watching television. Said, get the television out of there. And they should launch me a salashin. Says that the person can't recover as long as that's in the in the room. The only place I have a difference in Hashkofa and Halacha is which is worse to put into the house, a crucifix or a television. So a halacha is probably you probably shouldn't put a crucifix in. Yeah? But a television is much more dangerous. So you'll time it to me if you're alarmed then, but television when it's off doesn't matter. Okay? I understand. Yeah? It's destructive to Kedusha's habayas. Even people who don't have children, it brings into you, it's from the Talmud and the Shama. They took the television out, and the person started getting better. Now, I'm not, I don't, I'm not qualified to say that was the reason that was the story. It was brought down. 
in the Manchester Rosh Hashiva, the book. Kedusha Shabbos means you don't let into your home Goyishkeit. You don't let into your home the kind of entertainment that the people out, out there feel is funny, it makes me happy. It's not for our home. It has nothing to do with children. I'm, I didn't talk about that tonight. But I felt the night is not done if I don't mention it. Now, I'm not clashing people here, but be careful. You want to have siyata dishmaya, kedush in your home, Keep these things out. Keep out things, anything that will, that can can be mitamten in the shaman. What I did talk about tonight, and here's where I'm going to wind up, is the shchina is shayra when it's shalom. Ish v'isha shalom b'neim shchina b'neim. So. When I was asked to talk about Kedusha Sabayas, I thought I had to talk about something that maybe, maybe I could talk about. You want a home that's Kaddish? A home that has Shechina? Have a home that has Shalom. And we spoke a little bit tonight about what Shalom is. Your spouse is different than you. That's right. Your spouse came from a different place. Your spouse grew up differently. That's right. And that's what marriage is. Yeah. Marriage is to take two people who are separate and make them whole. Is it easy? No. In this country, there are very, very many people who are not getting married because it's too hard. Now, I don't think anyone in this room is going to make that mistake. I don't think anyone who's going to see this is going to make that mistake. But yes, it's hard. It's hard to be... It's hard to have good character. It's hard. It's hard to be a Jew. But it's wonderful. There's a, there's a, there's a Rav, um, Rav Sekula. I think he was a, a Manal in Torah Vedas for many years. He has a son in, in Toronto who uh, has a Shulia community. He told me his Zayda, he decorated his sukkah. How did he decorate his sukkah? With all the pink slips he got because he got fired for Shabbos. That was his nice sukkah. You understand? Rabbi Moshe said, as a shred to Zion a year, it's difficult to be a Jew, bury the whole generation. Even if things are hard, but they're wonderful. Rav Sekula didn't think it was wonderful to get fired every week. It was hard, but it was a symphonic hard. Hard and bad are not synonymous. Decadence means hard is bad. Hard is not bad. Hard is good. Hard is good if it's worthwhile, if it's meaningful. It takes hard work. Don't be afraid of doing hard things. Hard things are things that take a long time. This base our lady says. No psychology here. The base our lady says, as Kolamoli Shlomel said, his amal, he wasn't dragging around beams to build the base on English. It was a hard project, it had a lot of details. Hard means it takes a long time. Yes, it takes a long time. And yes, yes, there are going to be failures. An emotion goes up and down. A relationship that has an emotional component will go up and down. That's normal. 
And there are many Makaris to this. It's not psychology. There are Makaris in Torah for this. That a person who's a Baaliyah will have ups and downs. Rav Oba talks about it. Rav Shodik talks about it. We don't have time for it now. Yes, it will go up and down. I promise you it will go up and down. But when it goes down, you know it's going to go up again. At the end of the day, it's worth it. You have Doris to show him Vairach, and he is Zoycha to a home with Shechina and Lechai Oilam Haba. Are there any questions? <laughs> now, what we could have done is have questions written down and passed to the front so people have anonymity, but it's too late for that. I've never heard a bad question in my life. Yeah, of course. I understand. So, if there's a next time, so then they can submit questions anonymously. What? Text. I know, I don't write I, I am uh, technologically impaired. The Rebbe should give you Siata Dishmai that he took the time and effort to come here tonight.